You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, November 9th, 2023. You are listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. I'm going to go around the room and introduce this cast of characters that we have here tonight. First, hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, how are you? I am doing well. How are you, gentlemen? Eh, I'm hanging in there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the mindless wrestling podcast, Ray Cash's daddy, and the man with the golden shovel, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Rob. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> Oh, Ray's gonna love hearing that. <laughs> well, he's gonna be so hot with me when we see him again. We'll have to have him on here one night. He's a hard guy to pin down. He's busy, 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 dude. And I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard DJ. Uh, we've got a pretty big show lined up tonight. Uh, gonna consist mainly of Rob and Jason carrying the load while you intermittently hear me snoring. Uh, been a been a rough week for me. I'm I'm exhausted tonight, and uh, you know we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to go around the room here. We haven't done this in a little while. We were trying to get in a habit of doing it because we support mental health explicitly on this show. Uh, we're going to do a little mental health check in. I'm going to start with Jason, sir. How we been lately? I know we're heading into the holidays. People getting their feelings, and you know I think it's important to to, to keep keep each other keep each other honest about this stuff. Uh, it's been good. I mean, honestly, I'm in a pretty good place right now. Um, just with the, the professionally doing very well um, and, you know, getting to new, do some new things at the job, um, learning some new stuff there. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, personally, I have nothing going. Yeah, I'm doing, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, I know it was touch and go for a couple of weeks there, but, you know, continue. Right, get yourself leveled back out. Exactly. Put your nose to the grindstone. Keep doing your thing. Keep, you know, for me, it's your just uh, little mental health exercises that, you know, help you from going crazy. A little breathing exercise once in a while, you know, yeah. talking. I think obviously that's good stuff. So people you know. don't realize how sometimes just simple breathing, just breathe. Like, you know, I used to, you know, my daughter has a lot of anxiety and a lot of you know, difficulty expressing feelings and things like that. And, you know, she'll have a hard time verbalizing what's going on in her head. If you have ADHD or you know anybody with ADHD, the the best way to describe it is um, it's almost like there are 10 TVs going on in a room and you don't know which one to listen to. Well, now imagine trying to talk through that. And so you just got to tell her, breathe, slow down, breathe, come back to center. And, you know, I do that in my office a lot. I just, when I'm having a bad day, I go in, I close my door and I just breathe. So. Yep. 
just important stuff. Important. Yeah. Yep. Rob, how about you? How you doing there, buddy? All right. Well, like I was telling you before we started recording, I woke up this morning and my left calf muscle just completely locked up on me this morning. And this is what happens when you turn 49, kids. Okay. <laughs> These things happen sometimes. They don't even have to be doing anything. Okay. And, uh, and it just, like, it felt like it was on fire for a few minutes. And so, I, you know, I uh, finally, it, it, you know, I had to just massage my own leg for a minute there and, and you know, and it was okay. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, I mean, uh, okay. Um, it's getting close to the end of the year for us. So I got to, you know, um, we're mostly out of the woods as, as far as, work stuff goes but um i was in like a four-hour training class today and those oh. were yeah and, uh but other than that we're doing okay and um <laughs> all right see, uh, right for these holidays come up everything but uh yeah i mean hanging in there all right good deal yeah that's um I, for me, it's largely been work. Got a few personal things. I got one of my kids that's going through some not so great things. And if you're a parent, you've gone through it. The one of the worst things you can do is watch your kids struggle and, you know, watch your kids struggle through things that you kind of predicted were going to happen. And you told them and they still went down that path anyway. That's been kind of kind of a situation with me and then work has been doubly doubly just stressful because when we're in our busy season i'm in florida all the snowbirds come down this time of year so we're busy i'm short-staffed and you know the the last few weeks it's it's been a little rough you know it's i'm in this management position and i work very hard and my i know my employers appreciate my work that doesn't help me from having my moment of self-doubt you know when i when i go in there and no matter how hard i've worked shit still falls apart and it's through no fault of my own and well beyond anything that I could have controlled, but you still, I, I take my job very seriously, very personally. And when it goes sideways, you know, I, I shoulder that and probably unhealthily. So, um, and again, comes back down to what I said about Jason, you know, just a couple of minutes ago, sometimes it's going to stop, step back, realize that some things just are not yours to control and breathe through it and sometimes it helps other times i do this podcasting thing you know it's part of why i try to get myself on as many podcasts as possible this is my creative outlet and sometimes this is cathartic for me i get on here i talk with my friends we talk about something we all love together and damn it when we're done a lot of times i feel better and i thank you guys for that oh same here man there there, there are weeks where i just laugh that out just this is like what I look forward to in a lot of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I look forward to Thursday nights. And, you know, I did a little thing with uh, right, before, right before we recorded here. I jumped on the DWI for a couple minutes and did trivia with AJ. And I, you know, I whipped PC Tunney's ass at trivia this week. Uh, proud to say that. Tunney's going to have some heat with me after that. But, yep, totally whipped his ass. Uh, we'll have him on here at some point and we'll talk about that. But, yeah. It was fun. It was just, you know, a little something to do, and it takes your mind off of things. And I get to jump on here with my boys. We're going to talk some Crown Jewel. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit of NXT TV and, you know, their upcoming TV deal. And uh, we're just going to kind of let things flow tonight. No real agenda. Just 
let things happen as they happen. Call it in the ring, as I like to say. So I'm going to kick it over to Jason here without further ado. Jason's got the card. Jason's going to handle this, and we're going to we're going to get into this and talk about it a little bit. Jason, the floor is yours. All right. So uh, we had the 2023 edition of WWE Crown Jewel emanating from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and we kicked things off with a bang. By the way, gotta say this might be my favorite set they've done. The big ge- the big gem in the middle, uh, the tight like as the hanging over the ring. That was gorgeous. That set was gorgeous. That set was out of control. Um, but so they also kicked off with a bang, and they had the WWE World Heavyweight Title match, and we had Seth Rollins in a long and hard felt, a uh, hard fought contest. He did go over or over one Drew McIntyre. So unfortunately, Drew comes up empty-handed again. Um, you know, and we had a will he won't he moment with the Judgment Day, and then obviously we uh, had a run in from uh, Damian Priest, which was then squashed by Sami Zayn, which was a choice. But you know, we can only make these guys look like Bobos so many times. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the match itself though was awesome, and you know, I looked what we thought was going to happen happened. Seth, you know, held on to his title. Uh, DJ, what do you have here with your boy, Seth Rollins? Uh, another great showing by Seth Rollins. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a great match. Um, being a Drew McIntyre fan, I think I said on the show last week that I was kind of pulling for Drew. I've said for a while now, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm buying into the, the Drew McIntyre story of, you know, when he won the championship, it was in front of nobody. And I'd like to see what Drew looks like as a, a major champion in front of an actual crowd. Uh, didn't get that Saturday. Not mad about it because Seth is my boy. You know, I'm a ride or die for Seth Rollins. Uh, but all in all, the match was fantastic. Uh, I didn't mind the foiled cash-in attempt by Sami Zayn. I think it plays into his character. He's doing everything that he can right now. It is his personal mission to make sure that Judgment Day does not, in fact, run Monday nights. And this was just another play in that. Um, and it also it, it fuels that dissension amongst Judgment Day because now, like Cody Rhodes cut in that promo, he's looking at Damian Priest like, okay, who are you? Are you somebody's lackey or are you going to be the next guy? And that fires up Damian Priest, and now I'm invested in that. All right, Rob? Yeah, I think, well, that was, I think that was the best match of the night, um, for sure. And yeah, the, the briefcase thing, I mean, okay, when it happened, I was a little bit annoyed. But like DJ said, it actually does. It makes more sense now. You know, now that we have a human age, kind of to yeah see things play out a little bit more. Um, yeah, I do. But I mean, I will stand by my take that at some point, somebody in some somebody in the group has to look around and say, "Okay, there's five of us and one of him." Yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, right? You have to you have to do that, and even even if it's not successful, right? I mean. I mean, you know, shit can happen, you know, regardless, and it can still go left some type of way and it not work, right? But I'm just at, at some point, you got to, somebody has to count. <laughs> somebody has to count and say, okay, you know, which, and since he's going to be in the war games, um, like in one of the old war games matches, there was a bit where, like, the 
babyface is one they were leaving and then the heels the as like like four of them walked out of the cage because they were all leaving and then uh, the heels jumped the fifth person who was still in there and, and they closed the door and beat the shit out of them um that would be a perfect thing to do here if they want to do that in the war games match yeah to seth rollins right um but um like I said, that was the, it was the best match of the night uh, and yeah i do like then yeah, at some point um, with the Seth winning with, you know, everything with Stomp 1, 2, 3, I guess I was a little annoyed by that that day. But Monday night, the way he beat Sammy with the roll-up, I thought was perfect because you're, like, you're, you're still selling the back injury, you know, and all of that. Like, at some point, you have to, it has to turn into you just barely escaping and not just straight up beating everybody. Yeah, so, so I think that's been him losing the title pretty much. Yeah, because I mean, because right now it's shaping up like um, in the in the uh, comic version of the uh, Bane story. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, in the comic version of the Bane story with Batman, like the first year of it was Bane blew open Arkham Asylum and Batman had to put everybody back in, and that's what wore him out. You know. Um, <laughs> Batman was working two a day or three days, you know, no, no shift, no days off, you know, because every single night somebody new from Arkham was causing trouble. And then at the end of that year, Bane basically came and pl- picked the bones. Right. So, I mean, it at least feels like it, it should be going. It, it, that's to me, that's the way it should go. Right. I mean, yeah, um, he you know he keeps having hold on and holding on, and somebody finally just gets the drop on him, and, and that's it. But we'll see. It's got to pay off sooner, sooner or later. Um, but I think that is coming um, for whatever that's worth. Anyway, next up we had the WWE Women's World Title match. Uh, it was a fatal five way where Rhea Ripley successfully defended her championship against Nia Jax. Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, and Zoe Stark. Uh, Zoe Stark, man. She's she's awesome. That sell on uh, what's-her-name's finisher there? On, on Rhea's finisher? No, it wasn't her finisher. It was the, uh, the knee to the head. The uh, modified, like, GTS. But anyway, that sell was just incredible. It looked like she had been hit with a shotgun. Um, and she just looked great throughout the match. But... Everybody kind of got, as they do in these Fatal Five-Way matches, everyone got their chance to shine, and they all did. So, and Rhea kept her championship, which, you know, full steam ahead with her, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, high marks all around for me. Uh, Rob, what do you have here? I thought it was good, like everybody got to do something, and the, the ending felt a little bit abrupt. Like, it felt like um, almost, you know, just one of those things where, I guess, it felt kind of like somebody told them, like, all right, time to go. And, you know, um, but other than that, it was, I mean, it was a good match. And like I said, everybody got to do something. And, you know, Rhea won as expected. All right, Rob, uh, whoever you are, DJ. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm DJ. Nice to meet you. Um, no, I enjoyed this match very much. And Zoe Stark, we've been, you know, we've been hyping her up for months and months and months on this. On this podcast, I'm excited to see her get this opportunity to go out and really just impress in this match. But again, it was one of those situations where everybody in the match felt important. And I like that here. 
you know, in a lot of these five-way matches, four-way matches, somebody is filler, and at least under the Triple H regime, nobody's been filler. Obviously, not everybody's going to win, but even Shayna Baszler, who we've complained about on this show for probably a year now, what are we doing with this girl? And I know Rob has said that on multiple occasions. What are we doing with Shayna to the point where he's given up hope of them ever using her? There was at least a moment in that match where you thought, hey, she just might. And I liked that. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, good piece of business. And I had it backwards. Rhea sold um, uh, Zoe's finisher like uh, she had been hit in the head with a shotgun. But Zoe, oh, my God, put some stank on that thing. Um, oh, she did. Yeah, that was awesome piece of business by both of those girls. So, anyway. Next up, had the upset of the night, I'd say. Uh, John Cena must have known that the strike was ending soon because Solo Sokoa pinned John Cena clean as, clean as can be uh, it, at, at uh, Crown Jewel. And it was awesome. I loved – they faked me out so hard. I thought they were going – you know, because Cena kept working Solo's wrist and his thumb and his hand. Like, oh, he's trying to take out the spike. You know, that's the story we're telling. Okay, is it? And then Cena kept dodging it. And I'm like, that's not the payoff for that. He doesn't, we don't keep dodging it. Like, Solo is going to hit it, and it's going to be slow, and Cena is going to catch it or something like that. No, no, I didn't realize that they Solo just – Solo's – like, if you're playing 2K, WWE 2K, his, his arm would be red. So he does less damage. So he just has to spam his finisher about 40 times into John Cena's throat and leave him a mess at the end of that match. Um, so they faked me out with that finish, and the finish that they came up with was awesome. Uh, and good for Solo, man. That's he can, you know, that's one of those things that you can. We still talk about Brock Lesnar beating the ever loving bag out of, you know, John Cena. So Solo can talk about that till the day he retires. Like, he didn't just beat Cena. He beat Cena down. So I, I had a ton of fun. Uh, DJ, what would you have here? Uh, Seth and Drew may have had the best wrestling match of the night. John Cena and Solo Sokola told the best story all night. Like, I really found myself, like, towards the end, they pulled me in, and I felt awful for John Cena. By the end of that match, I was like this. And, and, and I like that they're slowly. Remember when we talked about when Roman beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania and the Undertaker was the old aging gunslinger, was reaching the end of the road and the young gun came in and took him out. This was the same feel with Solo and John. You know, obviously, John's not quite as beat up and broken as the Undertaker is. He's still got some gas in the tank. But you're starting to get that feel. This is the phase of life that John Cena is entering now. You know, I, I'm the I'm the old guard. I'm the old gunslinger. These kids are coming in, and these kids are starting to to be a little quicker on the draw and, and questioning whether or not he's still got it. Absolutely incredible storytelling. They wrote me in the whole time, and you know the the question has been asked. I know our boys over at Three Count Thursday asked it this week. Was you know Crown Jewel John Cena's last match? I say absolutely not. Uh, the the writer strike is mercifully over, so John Cena is going away for a while. But I still think we get one more one more run 
out of John Cena and he comes back and he gets that redemption somewhere before he finally before he finally puts his guns away for good. Rob? Um, I was surprised. Um because you know, I was expecting Soul to do the spike once and Cena to kick out and all that stuff. And then like when we did like five times, I figured okay, what well, well, something gonna happen here. There's no way he's because if he kicks out of five of them, then that's just ridiculous. You know, we can't do that. But I, but even then, when the ref counted three, I was still like, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> um, um, I do kind of question him doing it right now because, like, Soul's not really going anywhere after this. He, you know, he's the henchman coming in, and he's the henchman now still. Um. You know, like if he was about going to get a title shot at the next show or something, I, then then by all means do that. Um, I just you know, but I just kind of felt like, okay, why are we doing this right now? Um, and then also, and then and now the strike is over, so you know, so he he's gone. Um, so it's kind of you know, um. I, I think it, go ahead and finish, and I've got a thought. I'm going to piggyback on that, Rob. I, just, I kind of question doing this right now because there isn't any, you know, people say, what was he going to, but it doesn't feel like Solo's actually going to get anything in, in terms of follow up. He's not actually going to get anything out of this right now. You know, whereas, you know, if they did it, at, you know, next year or something, or at, at some later point where there was a follow up to, you know, that could, you could immediately go to, then by all means do it. I just kind of question doing it right here where there's no immediate follow-up of any kind to do right now. Well, well I'm going to give you an early prediction. <clears throat> this is what I think they're going to do. I think you have Solo Sokoa just officially and effectively ran John Cena out of the territory. And you can either run that back at WrestleMania if John is free, or you... Hang on a minute. Sorry. You have Solo make one hell of a showing at the Royal Rumble and somehow or another get into a program with Kevin Owens leading to Solo Sokoa and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania next year. I think that would be, I think that's a WrestleMania worthy match. I think you build Solo up as this monster and, you know, Kevin Owens is going to try to take down the monster. All right. I can buy that. I guess um I guess my only thing is like he's already lost matches though. Like he hadn't lost yet, you know. But I mean he he's already he's lost matches to people already. Um I don't know, because I, I, I just um I just don't yeah, I mean I'm gonna you know, of course we have to we have to see how it goes, but right yeah. now I just I question doing this right here right now because um but even if that that does happen like you said you know we before that happens we got two months where he's where he's going back to being you know big brother rogers basically yeah you can bill him as the guy who beat up john cena and that and that's a that's a feather in the cap yeah the uh the gallows and anson made it a whole thing they did so all right what's next jason 
Uh, next up, we had the United States Championship match where Rey Mysterio lost his United States champion to social media megastar Logan Paul. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. it. I love the intrigue with um, how they introduced um, Santos and, you know, oh, he's here to help Ray. And then he mysteriously leaves the brass knuckles that he just took away from someone right where Logan Paul can reach them. So um, I'm intrigued. And I love already the United States champion, Logan Paul, you know, already aces. He's uh, it's on his Instagram is uh, I'm sure it's been on his show and all this stuff. So he's doing exactly what we said he was going to do with it. So hats off to everybody. And the match was awesome, by the way. Uh, that they did a fun, you know, cruiserweight hard hitting match, and the subterfuge with the uh, brass knuckles was great. So I, again, high marks all around. So Rob, what'd you have here? Oh yeah, this is another good one, and it it, it went like we, we called it Logan Paul winning U.S. title. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how, just how they're going to flesh out this whole thing with. Ray and Santos, um, because I'm like people have been calling for it to happen. You know, like some of our Twitter friends and all that. They've been they've been calling for it for several months now, and I guess my take has always been, all right, do, do y'all just want this to happen just because you know because it just happened you know or or what? And so yeah, I want to see see how they make a story out of it happening. Um, and not just have it be a thing you do just to do it, right? Um, so it looks like, I mean, you know, and then you know, they put they've come, put a couple of building blocks there, like when Santos got hurt and Ray won the U.S. title in his place and all that type of thing. Um, yeah, Lou, I give credit Logan Paul for basically saving Ray's uh, neck on that one spot. Yeah. He, wow, he might have saved Ray's life there. Yeah. I got, I got some thoughts on that in a minute. <laughs> Go Well, what were your thoughts on the match? Yeah. Uh, all in all, I had a lot of fun with the match. I will say this, and I, could I, I do this with some of these people that come in from the outside. I kind of watch the match clinically. For me, the match kind of exposed Logan's um, inexperience a bit. The, the Logan Paul spots were awesome. His ring presence, everything about him, the presentation, everything is really good. But there were just some times in there where they were trying to work a catch-his-catch-can match and try to do a bit of grappling and chain wrestling where I think Logan got a little kind of discombobulated. It was it was slight. It was subtle, but I caught it. Um, the ring awareness from him in catching Ray with that springboard moonsault, uh, two things I noticed there. One, Logan was slightly out of place for it. Um, which is part of why Ray was going to miss him. That being said, he instantly knew he was out of place, leaned in to catch Ray properly, and saved Ray from crashing and burning. So to me, that shows growth, and that shows me that the guy, you know, is really not just in there phoning it in. He's in there trying. He respects it, and he respects the workers enough to try and protect them. Incredible piece of business all the way around. Good stuff. 
So next up, we had. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say my piece. We had the well, WWE Women's Title match. Io uh, Sky successfully defended against Bianca Belair due to the returning and amazing uh, Kyrie Sane. And uh, Rob, do you just want to take the wheel here, bud? Yeah, because okay, now um, I did not, I, I did not see watch this until I caught the end of it. I didn't see like the actual most of the actual match itself. I forgot why I had to get up and do something, but because and and this is the time for you to either slip the Rob Hayes women's wrestling <laughs> joke in there, right? We'll get but it. I up. promise. I promise. I did not get up to go whatever it is I had to do. I did not do that because I hate women's wrestling, folks. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I figured. Uh, what we called that last week, Kyrie, because again, um, back to the whole numbers thing. You know, you know, you had two people, you have two women, you know, Bailey and EO, who can actually fight. You know, who are cleared to actually fight against five who have a beef with them, and at some point, somebody else. You know, they had to get somebody else. Um, so it, you know, it was, it was, it made sense, you know, and it adds to kind of the intrigue now because, of course, you know, Bailey and Kyrie last, you know, they were beefing with each other, and Bailey ran Kyrie out of town, but Kyrie and EO were tag team partners, and they never had an issue with each other, and so it makes perfect sense that EO would call Kyrie, and that she wouldn't ask Bailey for permission first. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Uh, apparently, that was just a bridge too far for, for some folks online. Oh, yeah, there was some, some moron on Twitter I replied to that, that was like, this doesn't make any sense. No, but that that wasn't an isolated person, Rob. I saw a lot of people be like, this doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't Baylin? I'm like, and they're not doing a bit. I'm like, really, guys? This is this pretty easy, and you always ask for long-term storytelling. Well? Right, and then also... I mean, Bailey's gotten EO into enough jams, you know, with, you know, that EO probably, it, it makes perfect sense for EO to feel like she doesn't have to ask for Bailey to do this. Because, right. you know, Bailey a couple of times, was, well, at least one, once Bailey got her into a triple threat match, it was a um, fast lane, you know, without asking her. <laughs> right? And so, you know, it, it makes sense for EO to feel some kind of way like, well, you know, Hey, I need to do this, so I'm just going to do it, and you know who cares what she thinks. Um, so it all makes sense, um, you know. And again, like I said, they they need help. They have two people who can fight against five who have issue with them. At some point, that's just not going to work out for them. I mean, you know, at, you know, sooner or later, somebody will run Bailey, will beat the shit out of Bailey outside the ring, and then EO will be stuck in the ring to lose if you don't get some more help. Um, mm-hmm. so it ma- it makes sense to call somebody else in and to call somebody else in who was not who you know in story was not expected by the other side uh, there you go DJ yeah it all makes sense I mean <laughs> I, I have a question because this is something that I saw on more again more than one person on my timeline did they have a bad match EO and Bianca, because that's not the match I saw. I thought they had a really good match. I had a lot of people saying that they had no chemistry, that the match wasn't good. I didn't see that. Was it perfect? No. 
but all in all, I saw some really good work from both women. Did did you guys view that differently than I did? I mean, I saw the consensus. Hey. I was, I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, they. Um, I would say that. Uh, was it to this? Uh, and I sound like a dorky in saying this because I like the match. Was it to the standard that I would have expected from those two at a WrestleMania adjacent, or at least they would have you believe, event? No. Was the match bad? Was it terrible? Did they have no chemistry? Also, no. Like it was perfectly good. Uh, to yeah, perfectly good. I don't know uh, how to put it, but. I don't know. The compla- I saw the complainers too, DJ. They were not isolated, and I don't know what match they were watching. Okay. So the consensus that I saw was that it was not as good as that match they had at Backlash earlier this year. Um, I think I said this in our group chat. I've given up on the whole chemistry argument because it looks to me like people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Just in general, not even with this match. Because um, <clears throat> I, you will literally see people say in one comment that all oh, these two people have great chemistry, and then the next person is like, "Well, they they have bad chemistry." And so I, I don't, I have no idea. I think chemistry comes down to personal preference. Like I can sit here and argue that the Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin never ever had good chemistry together, but did they have bad matches? Absolutely not. They had good matches. I just personally, I think both guys had better matches against other opponents right so and, i don't know because because like i mean i saw people saying that they're like well charlotte and eo don't have any chemistry and to that i would say like there are times where definitely like the height disparity is a problem like yeah. for them doing stuff um but no chemistry like really um yeah nah I just, I, you know and I don't know. I think also we're in this era now where people, where some people expect like absolutely pristine rolling around the mat and every move is lined up perfectly and timed perfectly and all of this and all of that. And well, this, and this is true, I think, especially with the women, is because like, like for, like for so many of the guys, they're not exactly the same height or exactly the same size, but there seems to be, you don't have these kind of weird size disparities with the guys as much. Whereas like Eo's five feet tall and Bianca's like five, six and yeah, it makes stuff harder to do. And you know, Charlotte's five ten and Eo's five feet tall. So like some of the stuff where Eo just kind of, you know, spins around or, you know, whirls around and does some type of head scissors or something. It's a lot harder to do with somebody who's seven or ten inches taller than you than when you're with you know somebody the same height. Yeah. So yeah, I mean sometimes with certain women's matchups, it can be it can look a little raggedy in some spots because again, like the size, you know, the size disparities. Now the ones because because you like in general you have fewer women wrestlers, so like you don't have 20 women who are all five foot eight, right? You have, right. You have three who are five foot eight. You have one who's five foot 10 and then you have five who are five feet tall. And it just, it make it can make things more difficult to do, you know? Um, or it can, it can make some dumb stuff just doesn't look as clean. And, you know, because um, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, 
it, it makes a difference. It really, I mean, it does. I mean, it, it's harder to climb on. It's, it's harder to spin around somebody who's eight inches taller than you. Right. Than somebody who's the same height, you know? Um, so some of these matches, like it happens sometimes, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, also, they, like, they don't do a whole lot of women's matches where, like, the big woman just throws around the smaller one. Like, they don't do a lot of those, right? Like, with, you know, whereas, you know, if you have, like, Brock versus Ricochet, Brock throws Ricochet all over the ring. Yeah. Or Brock and Ray, Brock is tossing Ray all over the ring. And so, like, you don't see Bianca tossing EO all over the ring, and you don't see Charlotte throwing EO around or just, you know, getting on top of her and pounding her. Like, you don't see that they don't do that in the women's matches so there you, go. you know sometimes stuff is clunky sometimes it's you know i mean all, all in all man i thought it was a good match i had fun i love Kyrie Singh. so glad to see her back i was excited when the rumors started going around that she had, was potentially thinking about coming back i had little doubt that she would eventually come back because when she first left she kept the wwe um portion of her Twitter handle for quite a while, um, even after she was gone. And then, <clears throat> you know, I just, I, I th- always felt at some point she might be back. I'm glad to see her there. Very excited to see what they do with her moving forward. So. Yeah, I am excited as well to see her back. And losing uh, the uh, matches, uh, you know, the restrictions are what they are. But once again, uh, beautiful gowns, all of them. Uh, all of their gear was just awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, the women looked incredible. All the women looked incredible Yeah, Saturday night. All of them. They all they all did the best with the restrictions that they have. So. And we would be remiss if we did not talk about that Rhea Ripley entrance. How... Moses. How important was that? Pretty cool. Like, and, and there were people on my timeline that really didn't get it. Like, it didn't register with them how iconic that was for a, a woman of power to be put in a dominant position in right. front of that crowd. Even even in an act of theater, it's still a significant thing to right in front of that audience. Right. Like, yeah, even as fictional as it is, it's still like that they don't that's not portrayed. Right. It, it was absolutely iconic, incredible. And, you know, hats off to WWE for pulling it off and for them for allowing it, because I'm sure there were, you know, people who watched that show in that country who probably felt a certain way about it. Um, you know, much like we have people in this country who probably think people like Rob should still sit at the back of the bus. You know, unfortunately, you find that in other cultures in other countries but for them to present that they're like that um absolutely incredible and, and what a leap forward especially when what four short years ago we were told that we were never going to get a woman's match over there i think we hit that home every time we do one of these yeah one of these shows about a crown about a, about a saudi show is that we were told by some of the best of the best of the you know internet wrestling community media minds that they were never going to have a women's match over there. And here we are halfway through this. And we have this. That's incredible. Multi, multi women, multi and multiple, multiple matches 
and some of them being multi women, multi women matches. Yeah. yeah, absolutely incredible. Yep. So next up, we had the American Nightmare victorious over the Judgment Day again. The big hero Cody <laughs> comes to the rescue and beats up the ba- mean old Damian Priest for stealing his finisher. And you know, well, here we are. Sometimes you just gotta play play the hits. I guess we were that's what we were doing. Rob, what'd you have here for uh, Dusty's baby boy going over? Um, baby? This was, um, you know, Ross, Greg DeMarco mentioned like back at Money in the Bank, they did Cody and Dominic basically to get Cody a match on the card. Um, this was kind of the same thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Fine for what it was, you know, but that's what it was. Um, you know, <laughs> okay. And hey, look, and a um, salute to Jay Uso who got paid to go over there and work all of what two minutes running in there and doing a couple of super kicks. <laughs> Jey Uso okay. might be the smartest man in wrestling right now. Because <laughs> I'm sure they didn't pay him chump change to go over there either. Look, he, he went over there, he threw a couple of super kicks, didn't take any bumps, and got paid. <laughs> so That's uh, awesome. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> but well, other than that, I mean, you know. Jey Uso. Yeah. So, DJ, what'd you have here? I had fun with it for what it was. I, I continue to just be impressed to the moon and back with Damian Priest. I hope at some point they give this guy his flowers. Cody's Cody. I love Cody. I'm here for the Cody Rhodes story. Um, Shoehorned in or not, I had fun with this match. Yeah, same here. It was a lot of fun. So we ended the night with the big match. L.A. Knight was challenging the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns for his undisputed WWE Universal Championship and uh, some, I I think people were are doing a bit with this stuff. I saw a lot more than a few folks that I take seriously, even giving LA Knight fifty percent of a whisker of a chance in this match, which I found to be incredible. But LA Knight did not successfully de- dethrone the tribal chief in front of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. As if that was ever on the table, you knuckleheads. Um, so yeah, but the match was what it was. You know, Roman by hooker by crook with Paul interfering. You know, beats beats little L.A. Knight, and L.A. Knight is going to be just fine, everybody. So um, it was. This was a ultimate. It was what it was. Uh, Rob, what'd you have here? Um, yeah, I found some people to kind of annoying. Um. Because, you know, the, the whole, you know, well, this is just another Roman Reigns match stuff that people were saying. Um, guys, um, just, I mean, did y'all really think, okay, like you said, did y'all really think he, like, that was going to win? Of course not. Um, and again, Roman's a heel. Um, heels are not supposed to win matches. If a heel wins, if a heel champion wins a title match fair and square, then that means that the person they beat is not that guy. Okay, um, that's what that means. Um, or at least in, or at least in like in a big setting like this, like, um, and you're not supposed to be happy when he wins, folks. Unless unless he's your personal favorite, like he is with me and Jason, you're not supposed to be happy. 
at him winning the match. And it just it, that's how it works, you know. And and I'll say the same thing because some there are some fans of EO who don't who don't like that and would be you know all her matches in with cheating finishes and it's like well you're you, that's how it works, folks. Sorry. Um, These folks would not have survived <clears throat> 1985 to about 1989, Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, they would not have survived that title reign because it was rinse, lather, and repeat every single match, with little variations here and there. It was the same damn thing. Yeah, but we loved it. We ate it up. Some and, folks are starting to really get in their feelings about Roman's reign. Uh huh. And it's it, man, it's giving me life because, like, let this thing keep going because, like, guys. Like Rob said, unless he's your personal favorite, you're probably, you know, you're not supposed to enjoy when he wins. Well, fortunately for me, he is my personal favorite. And I was supporting him when you guys were booing him when you weren't supposed to. So now you're going to start booing him and you are supposed to? Like, guys, the, let, the gravy train is just going to keep on running. So yeah. it's uh, it's such a glorious thing. DJ, what do you have here? Uh, I enjoyed the match. I'm probably a little bit higher on L.A. Knight's uh, performance than a lot of people were. I know it was on the DWI podcast. Uh, if you missed that, that is on the Cheer Shot Radio Network. Uh, we, I was on there with Tunney and A.J. Belaz. And, you know, Tunney made the statement that he really felt like this exposed L.A. Knight for just not being on Roman's level. And, you know, having a perfectly fine showing but was really not on Roman's level. I disagreed with that statement. I think LA Knight showed that he deserved to be there. I thought he hung with them. You know, obviously he didn't win. And, you know, that by hook or by crook, we knew Roman was winning. I was fine with the outcome of the match. I wanted LA Knight to go out there and show me what he showed me. And he did. The only thing that I have to say about the discourse with this match, and, and, and this is one of the things with the internet wrestling community that they do. This show was, minus the kickoff, it was three and a half hours. There were, what, six matches? Six or seven, I think. Six or seven matches. If you let one match outcome, one match ruin an entire viewing experience for you, why are you even bothering to watch this? Even if I hated the finish of the Roman Reigns LA Night match, I still had three other hours and six other matches that I enjoyed. To me, that's a win. To me, that is quality entertainment for five bucks a month. You know? And that's really the way I boil it down. The whole show, sports entertained me. And this match, I thought, was a fun, great match for this particular venue, for this particular show, in front of that crowd. Perfectly enjoyable. So here's the thing with, like, did he hang with Roman? Because you can say, like, is Roman... In some matches, guys will bust out new moves. Roman will do some really cool stuff with them, things like that. Did we do get that kind of hang with Roman? No. But I would say that Roman got the very, very best that of L.A. Knight and the, what the L.A. Knight experience offers. And that's been just fine to you folks at, up to this point. And he has no point, no signs of slowing down now. So all in all, it's a win for everybody, I think. Yeah, 
I, I, I agree with you 100% there. Well, and I'll just re- re- reiterate what I said last week. Um, that can we please just stop for a minute and appreciate, you know, how far this guy has come in a year. And also the fact, like, like all you guys that, you know, talk about how this person worked 10 years on the Indies, this person is that and the other. Um, I mean, he spent a, a whole shit ton of time working in little small podunk wrestling companies. And then he was an impact for a while and he was in NWA for a bit. And again, like I'll, I'll say it again, like I said last week, when, when he got signed to NXT, you people were questioning why. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I, I have not forgotten. I will not forget. Okay. That you people were the main ones wondering why on earth did Hunter sign him? This guy who's 40 years old to an NXT deal, right? Of all things. Um, and so, and I think look, this is some, one thing we, look, for these folks who do spend, you know, a long time working on the indies or whatever, but, and then finally get something like this, just stop and appreciate it. Okay. Guys, he was trusted. In the main event with their biggest guy in front of their biggest customer. Yeah. And he got a big freaking deal. Yeah. Okay. And he didn't embarrass himself. So, yeah, I'm sorry he didn't have like a five star indie flippy dippy soup where he breaks out a new submission and a new a new suplex that he just learned or something like that. I'm sorry that didn't happen. But again, we got a five-star L.A. night match, and I had a ton of fun. Yeah, and um, and again, please, guys, just learn to appreciate some of the stuff. Like, like Sami Zayn, for example. Sami Zayn, El Generico, got to wrestle in the main event for the Universal Championship in front of his hometown this year. Okay? Yeah. Take some time and appreciate that. Okay? Before, you know... Before you get all mad that he didn't win, okay? I'm so sick of the world title or bust rhetoric. Okay, again, El Generico, okay, got to do that, okay? Um, And just how we were talking before about Bray, you know, Husky Harris got to be the WWE world champion, right? Just, okay, take, you know, before you start complaining again, sometimes you just need to let this stuff... Okay, you need to stop and look and see what all happened. People okay. lack perspective, man. And hey, that was yeah. when that was still the WWE championship with the lineage. They were they were not just playing putting that thing around, even with the, the two titles. Like that's a big deal. Husky yeah. Harris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just take a minute, right, guys, and just think about this, okay? Eli Drake got to wrestle for the Undisputed Championship. Okay. And held his own and looked believable against the biggest star in the industry. And and he did that at 40 years old. Okay. Um, Having, you know, and and he didn't have, he didn't have the resume outside of WWE that like AJ Styles has. Okay. Right. You know, he, he doesn't have that type of reputation. Okay. And yet, you know, he was able to get this far. All right. 
And remember, we all thought he was literally dead and buried with the pitch black match in just in January this year. Okay. Um, and he, in, in 11 months, 10 months, 11 months time, he, he got this. Okay. Yeah. So that's incredible. That's you so, know, testament to him, testament to them. Yeah. And so sit down and just before you start typing stuff on the keyboard, just, you know, just take some time, sit down and think, just look at that. Think about that. Okay. Think about what he's gotten the opportunity to do. Where just two, three years ago, it looked like it was never going to happen. Okay. Right. And so, and just sit down and just appreciate that. All right. Before, you know, before you, again, before you start firing stuff off on the keyboard again. Yeah. And whatever That's, happens from here, you know, I mean, well, I, just you know. in that company, he might have ended his entire career as Max Dupree. Yeah. So, like, yeah, let's just enjoy what we've got. And exactly, and just just take some time and just appreciate this. Yeah. And wherever it goes from here, it goes wherever it goes, right? But um, but don't worry. I mean, right now, don't worry about that. This guy, you know, got further in one year, you know, than anyone expected him to. No, I mean, definitely. I'm sure they, they, there was a point probably where he was the only one who believed in himself. Okay, I mean. Um, you know, so just sit back and just, you know, let that sink in, right? Let that sink in and, um, you know, and just appreciate it. Appreciate that before you get all mad about how this one match went, you know? All right. Well, I think that's, that's about it though. We're going to wrap that up there. All in all, I, I thought it was a fun show. I enjoyed myself and. You know, I I another solid outing for WWE, and we move forward screaming into Survivor Series, which brings me to uh, next week's episode. I think we're going to do another watch-along. Uh, we talked a little bit in the pre-show uh, huddle about uh, doing uh, some Survivor Series watch-along matches. I think we're going to do, what do we agree on, two next week? Yeah, and then one the week of the... The week of Survivor Series. So you got that to look forward to next week. Uh, Before we get into the last segment here, I want to invite you to go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can browse, look at, peruse, if you will, the collection of T-shirts and apparel from your favorite Chairshot Radio Network podcast, including this very own that you're listening to right now, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Got a really fun shirt over there. It's a great callback to the e-drones. We enjoy it. I think it's a great look. Uh, go pick that up. The holidays are coming. Pick one up for you. Pick one up for your spouse, your kids, your friends. Pick those up. The starving artists here will thank you. Your body will thank you if you pick one up in soft style. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So let's talk a little bit of NXT here tonight, gentlemen. Specifically, let's talk that NXT TV deal. Uh, it was announced, what, yesterday or yeah. later or sometime today? I, I'm telling you, my, this week has been one just, long Monday for me. Like just, that's not hyperbole. It is. I, I literally woke up Monday morning and it's now Thursday evening. So uh, when that actual news dropped, I don't know whether it was today or yesterday. It was yesterday. So, it was yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. Okay. That uh, you know NXT has you know that the uh, CW has picked up the TV rights for NXT. I don't know what the dollar amounts are. Maybe one of my co-hosts has that in front of him, or probably Rob has it. Logged into memory because he's the numbers guy. Yeah, it was all right. So it was reported as being a seventy percent increase 
and then in the same report said they they've been getting like somewhere between 15 and 20 million a year from usa so 70 percent around like 30, maybe 35 million dollars a year for five years which is a big surprise to everybody <laughs> I know there were a lot of wrestling economists, people who make money at this shit, who a year or so ago were saying WWE was likely going to take a pay cut um, and that their TV programming wasn't worth what they thought it would be. And here we are, NXT, the training ground, the proving ground, the the, the developmental brand gets 70% pay increase. I think that's incredible. Yeah, and um, now, because well, everything has just been—it's this whole thing has just been kind of thrown for a loop, really. Because um, when you know Fox didn't want to stick with SmackDown, and so then, of course SmackDown ends up going back to USA, which I don't think any of us were really calling. No, I didn't see that happen. It's never been on USA. Yeah, and then um, so then from there, and then. When they and then when that was announced, it was also reported that Raw and NXT would be moving, and so it everything was just kind of up in the air. We had no idea what was actually going to happen. Um, so yeah, this I mean it's, it's kind of hard to put together really because going to the CW from USA. Um, so you're going from a really well-known cable channel to a yes a network but one that is kind of gets kind of overlooked and you know and it's not i mean cw is not abc or nbc or whatever right no but they've had some top-notch programming on there they had you know supernatural and the entire arrowverse I mean, we're not talking about a you know a, an unknown or untested property here. We're talking about yeah. you know a, a network that that's put on quality programming. Yeah, I'm, and so it's just it's a matter. Of, I'm just thinking in terms of like how people's TV channel surfing habits. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Really, um, it, you know, and it's going to matter what night they put it on. Because if it stays on Tuesday, it'll they'll be fine. Uh, just for the love of God, please don't put them on Friday because Friday on the CW is a graveyard. Uh, yeah, don't do that to them. Yeah, um, they'd be competing with SmackDown. Well, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, we don't know what night SmackDown's going to be on now. Um, that's an interesting discussion. I don't want to get too far off the road because I thought we'd talk about NXT, but. That's going to be really weird, save for the brief period in time that uh, Raw left USA back in the, uh, what was it, the early 2000s, Rob? They signed with, uh, it was called TNN, the Nashville Network at the time, and then they morphed it into something that was supposedly geared towards men. I don't even remember the name of the... Spike TV or something? Spike TV, TV for men. And it was, uh, they were on Spike TV because that's what TNN morphed into, and then, so that brief period of time where WWE was off of USA after being synonymous with USA Network for so long was kind of awkward. It's going to be a little, not that I watch it live, but I feel like that's going to be a bit awkward for Raw not to be there. It's almost been like the uh, the comfort zone on Monday nights 
for decades. And now, I mean, does, does SmackDown slide into that spot? Will SmackDown still remain two hours? I mean, there, there's a lot of questions in the air right now about that. Yeah. and uh, But now just as far as NXT goes, um, it gives, gives me a lot depends on looking at what night they put it on. Um, now, one thing I, I made a little prediction, I think the, the, I think the roster composition may change. Um, because normally most weeks when they, when they, when they only go with the developmental kids on NXT, they end up somewhere between 550 and 700,000. Yeah. uh, Normally. Um, I don't think, you know, you're going, I mean, with a channel switch, I don't think you want to, you know, do that. Um, cause you're, you're going to lose some people in the beginning just from switching channels. People have to figure out where it is and find where it is and all of that. Um, but so I think it's just, and this is a network. So there's, there's potential for a bigger audience just because you're in more homes or it's, you know, um, so it wouldn't surprise me if, again, some people who we think normally would have gotten called up, maybe don't. Right. Stay there and they become kind of cornerstones of the brand. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these, you know, when they somebody when they take somebody who's been on the main roster and send them over there, wouldn't surprise me if they stayed longer. Um, and it wouldn't be a crazy, I would not be, like, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if, they took somebody like Jade and made just made her like the corner of the brand cornerstone of the whole brand on that show, right? Um, right. Now, look, she's obviously gonna she's gonna do stuff on Raw or SmackDown. She's not you know, obviously, but it wouldn't surprise me if it you know if it eventually morphed into her to her being like the boss of NXT if they if they choose to do that type of thing. Right. Um. I just think I don't think you can go with just a plain a straight up developmental only roster making this kind of move because again, for like for those of us who are in the bubble, we love NXT and we don't really differentiate, but so much between that and Raw and SmackDown, but like to people who are not in the bubble, it's triple a baseball. Yeah. And you know, um, and I think they're aware of that because now you're starting to see some, long-term angles and storyline like before a lot of times nxt just felt like okay we've got a couple of small feuds going here but everything is you know wrestling match to the next wrestling match to the next wrestling match with no real purpose now you've got some really uh relatable angles going on in nxt that, that people can sink their teeth into the trick mellow thing is a draw like that's a legit bona fide draw and and the the crowd that watches CW is going to eat that kind of crap up. You have two really good-looking guys who are having trust issues. <clears throat> That's going to be something that people watch, and they're going to want to see where where and how it plays out. Same thing with Braun Breaker and uh, what's this kid? He just named Von Wagner. You know, we can feel however we want to feel about Von Wagner overall as a wrestler, but, again, that's a story and an angle that people can sink their teeth into. If you, you know... 
callback on the the personal story of Von Wagner and the surgeries he had as a kid, and Braun Breaker essentially trying to murder him by crushing his head with the steps, and you know, give us a why as to why these two behemoths are trying to kill each other. You know, that's that's a digestible story and very simple to follow. Um, yeah, they, they've got some really good stuff going on right now, and I, I think that's that's going to be key and important to moving into CW versus, you know, just feeling like a developmental brand secondary on on um, USA. Yeah, because, well, like, one of the things with, like, with booking the Bloodline story the way it is, it, it's, it, it, it's made for network television. <clears throat> like, I think that's one of the things that's helped. It, the way that they have done creatively just done all the twists and turns and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it again it fit with a show that was on network television, and therefore, mm-hmm. you know, taking NXT to a network, you have to. I think you have to think more in terms of that, mm-hmm. which means, you know, network TV is about familiarity. It's about forming a relationship with the TV characters over time, and all that kind of thing. It's not. It's not about you know. Okay, we're going to do this for three months, and they're going. Then this guy's going to go to another show, um, right? I mean, because if you look at SmackDown, they've kept a lot of the same people that just have stayed there for a while now, um, and so that's kind of what you do on network. Network TV is more about forming relationships over time with the people on the show. Yeah, and to do that type of thing, yeah, you. I mean, you're going to want some people to stay there longer. Who who are there, and again you're and you're going to need you're going to need cornerstones, people who make careers on NXT because, you know, two seasons and they're out isn't just you know that's not a network TV kind of thing you know having that no. crazy roster turnover is not a network TV kind of thing you you need people who are going to be there and that's which what, is why I don't think you're going to get the tricks the mellows the Braun breakers the guys that are you know. The people that are legitimate draws right now, I don't think you're going to get that that outflux of talent to Raw and SmackDown. They'll probably float up there. They'll probably be for the exposure in the big four pay-per-views or premium live events, excuse me. But I have a feeling they're putting their major – we've got a mafia family in NXT. That's awesome. And that's awesome for the CW crowd. What's going to be interesting is to see how much creative liberty – CW allows a show like NXT. You know, CW's notoriously had some mature programming on there. If you've ever watched any CW shows, they ride the line with a lot of tricky subjects and a lot of tricky, you know, subject matter and characters and things like that. So you've got, for for them to fit into that flow, they should be allowed to develop that kind of thing. And and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with NXT creatively once they end up on the CW? Yeah. Because um, I I don't see it changing. It's going to be finishing school much more than it is now. And I think you guys are right that it's going to be the top of the class is going to stay around a lot longer. um, And they'll probably just stagger the call-ups much more. They're just going to have to change their entire way of doing that 
but I still think it is going to be ultimately a funnel for, to the main roster as it is always intended to be. I think it's always going to be developmental. Um, but this also, we who knows what happens with Level Up if that catches on as something on their, who knows, on uh, CW's YouTube channel, who that's like a cross broadcast. Who knows? Um, so we'll have to see. Especially like one night it ends up on. That's going to tell you the tale. Um, but I'd also say, what was the deal? Like thirty-five million or something like that. Yeah, a year. I, oh, a year. I don't. I don't. I'd imagine they didn't say the numbers for the USA uh, deal with Fat SmackDown, but I gotta imagine it's a little bit more than that. So uh, I it's think, quite yeah. a bit more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, SmackDown is. They got one point. They they got one point four million from you to go back to USA. SmackDown did. 1.4 billion, and that's broke yeah, up over five not, years. Well, yeah, yeah, 1.4 billion, not million. <laughs> yeah, oh, especially oh. Rob, that that's a pay cut, sir. Yeah, about to, <laughs> come look, on, you're the math guy. Look, look, yeah, about to, look, they're all going to be doing <laughs> podcasting with us for you know. So that that's what I'm trying to say, though. Okay, it's still going to be the 35 dollar million dollar show on a roster on a you know combined universe where one of the shows is 1.3 bill billion. So I think I think you guys are right that it's and we're definitely going to see a lot of more folks that we would consider main roster come down and stay for a long time. I think this this little cross promotion thing they did was a kind of a test for that. Um, And so we'll see. But uh, all in all, I think it's going to end up as, yeah, finishing school much more than it is now. But it's still developing. Okay. Either way, we are going to be entering into interesting waters with WWE programming in 2024. I'm expecting 2024 to be a huge year for a lot of people in WWE, for the industry in general. Um, there's a lot of people going to become free agents in 2024, uh, both you know outgoing from WWE as well as incoming talent. Uh, how is that going to affect the weekly programming? How is the shuffle of the weekly programming going to affect the product overall? Uh, going to be interesting times, guys. I think we are going to have one hell of a year and a lot of stuff to talk about in the next 13 months on this podcast. Yeah, and then they and they did, they gave me another year of you know number crunching the to, to be in, to, to be. And Rob likes to pull his data. <laughs> well, because I mean, you know, um, you know, because look, if, if nothing had changed, then it would be kind of just time to shut the old project down here, you know. Because but. Uh, since things are going to be changing, you know, um, I am interested to see how that affects certain things, viewing patterns and, yeah. you know, and all that type of stuff, traffic, you know, video traffic and whatnot. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's very interesting to me. Well, to me, look, I'm a numbers nerd. It's just, so, so it's all interesting to me. Um, now I don't go on the internet and say a bunch of disingenuous bullshit to you guys about it, which so many people do, but, um, it's it's always interesting, and one day when we have you know, I, and when we have time, I you know, I can actually you know, go more into some of the stuff I've found over the last couple of years because this year has been different in terms of how the way like a lot of data has shook out. Um, this year has been different than last year, um, but and you know there are a lot of and it take me a whole show to talk about it, but. But now, but next year is going to be different from this year, which gives me just another year to, you know, to do this stuff. 
And yeah, we'll we'll bring this the facts that he's the father of facts and figures. He is the deacon of data. I say this every intro of every show for the last three years. Uh, there's a reason for that. He knows his stuff, and you know he he enjoys that. And we're going to bring that to you in the new year. I'm looking forward to it. It's been you know we're coming up on three years that Jason has been with us, um, and that's that's a hell of an accomplishment, I think. Jesus. The Hounds of Podcast, right? Riding the trunk for three years. Yeah, it's three three guys who said, "Hey, let's give this a try," and I think that's awesome. Yeah, and we're not so, selling we're not selling blue chew or anything either. No, we're not. Although I never know what the ads are going to be on the when we get up on the network. It's uh, kind of <laughs> left to their vices, um, <laughs> and it's I, I'm assuming it's randomized. I have no part in that. Anyway, guys, I, I'm good here. I think we can call the go home and get out of here a little bit early. Yeah, sounds good to me. I can drag my old tired ass to bed because I am cooked this week. And I still got one more day to go. All right. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can, again, find us on thechairshot.com. You can also listen to us just about anywhere you listen to your podcast. Any one of those platforms will have us. I'm going to go back around the room here and thank my co-host, starting with Rob from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Sir, another fun show tonight. Yes, it is. And I, I would also like to congratulate the four-time, 14-time women's champion for leading the Philadelphia 76ers to victory last night. And there he is. He got the plug in. Plugged the queen. <laughs> he made it. Right under the wire, he made it. <laughs> and Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Sir, hang in there. It is almost Friday, man. Yes, sir. I'm excited. All right. And again, as always, I am DJ. Thank you so much for listening to us. We have a lot of fun bringing this to you every week. We are going to get out of here. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.